Hey, welcome to High Hopes. Everybody, everybody, like, like we have a big audience. We, no, we got three people. We got Mom, Theo, and Chandra. Maybe Chris. We'll see. <laughs> oh well. Hey, this is our first episode sponsored by our High Hopes expert, Jason. But I'll give a brief intro if he doesn't mind. No, go ahead. Am I stealing the stage here? No, th this is this, that's what it is. It's high hopes. So you're I the hope. You're you know, first of all, let's just go into what is the high hopes. It can be whatever you want it to be. I have high hopes for the future of everybody. And high hopes could also be anything else you want it to be. So... We leave it to you, the viewer, to be able to really figure out what the heck we're trying to do. And hopefully you'll find some pleasure in spending the next 30 minutes listening to our stories. Okay. I'm wow. done. That was, that was deep. I thought, I was just thinking this, we're just going to sit here and fuck around. <laughs> you got all deep on us now. Well, you know, what can you say? If we're going to go ahead and talk about a topic... You want to be on target in terms of getting the information needed to our audience out there, our big audience. I don't even know if we have one. So, Not yet. We'll, we'll, we will see. Like I said, my, my, my big goal is to be just big enough for me to get Snoop Dogg on the show. That's <laughs> my, my bu um, bucket list is to, is to smoke out with, with Snoop, Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. I don't even know really. I heard his name and I know he's big, but sorry, Snoop. I just you know. And he is big. He's he's like six. He's super tall. Anyways, but okay. Well, we'd like to have you here. <laughs> no problem. You're welcome. Hacienda Hope. We'll go ahead and bring you into our fantastic studio here, and and where we're big enough to get you interested, we're here. <laughs> So, what was the topic for today we were going to discuss? Well, I know earlier you said you want to talk about monopolies because I know with everything of Edison that's going on. Uh, let me check my. I'm getting a little bit of buzz here. One second. You getting a little bit of buzz? Yeah. Oh, a different oh. kind of buzz. Different. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of, actually, in the introduction, we never even said exactly what's going on here. So, high hopes means whatever it is for you, but. We are hopes getting high and talking about some different topics that we think we're either knowledgeable in or not. <laughs> but anyways, so we were talking about monopolies. Okay, before I go ahead and get into my little personal tirade, let's call it that, because that's what it is on monopolies. First of all, I'm not an expert on anything that we'll probably be talking about. These are all personal opinions that don't reflect any, let me say, political agenda, whatever, I don't know. Just just take it as it is. It's, it's opinion. It's my opinion. Now, the problem with monopolies is that the government gives the company the right to be the only one in the marketplace with them doing as best they can 
to serve whatever the customer is. So it's kind of a, you know, left to the company to be able to really do what is the best for the consumer. And they may put a watchdog organization in place to kind of monitor it. So you have your government watchdog and you have your company hopes to be doing the right thing. But uh, so often that breaks. Let's think about Has it. Has it ever worked? <laughs> Is there an example of that ever working? Um, you know, I don't know in the sense of monopolies. I, monopolies, I don't think monopolies really work. There probably are some instances where it makes sense to be able to um, allow a very specific in infrastructure to be built so that the money spent for building that can be paid off. But, you know, the problem is you don't want to have duplicate systems in some places. Um, you don't want to have duplicate infrastructure a lot of times if it's going to be very costly. But in today's world, really what our infrastructure is is really either uh, roads, we all agree that the government pays for the roads for the most part, and then we pay for those in taxes. So that, in essence, is a monopoly if you think about it. Uh, telephone lines. Well, telephone lines used to be a monopoly, and you can only get your telephones from the AT&T or whatever smaller companies were spun off during the big break-off. But it used to be if you wanted a telephone, you had to go ahead and call AT&T, and they'd send a little green truck. And they would open the back door and he'd show you two or three models. You had the black phone, the green phone, or a princess phone. That's all you had. They would give it to you. They would come in the house, plug it into the wiring, and that was it. You didn't have a choice and you would pay for it on a monthly basis. Well, today that monopoly really isn't a monopoly, is it? Because we don't really worry about uh, copper wires to the house to go ahead and give us phone service. We're all wireless a major technology change. Now, I have a pretty big beef with our uh, electrical provider. I won't mention their name. I think it was perhaps mentioned at the start of the show. It was the purpose of what I was going to go ahead and give the tirade on. But I'm going to make it really more general. We have a lot of money spent in the infrastructure to get electricity to houses. But as we had in the telephone environment, we went from wired distribution to wireless. With solar power, we now have the ability to go ahead and provide a significant amount of power to homes without necessarily needing all the infrastructure that we have in place that the power company has to pay off. I don't think that's needed anymore. We're getting close to the point with proper energy management, we can get solar power, we now have the technology for batteries to balance the load. And there are some instances where you might need to go ahead and still have a little bit of connectivity to the power grid if you're going to use a lot of energy uh, for whatever manufacturing or whatever th whatever you're, you're using the power for. A lot of pot farms coming up now, people having to use power for that. Well, actually, pot farms do take a lot of power. Yeah, they do. But... One of the new technologies, I, know, I, I am digressing here, is that the pot farms take energy because they're enclosed structures that house 
the nutritional value for the pot, the lighting for the pot, the temperature for the environment which is grown. So that is all controlled inside of a controlled building. That is the future for all of our farming needs. But I digress. We'll keep that in for a different story. Back to the, the, the power the, the power issue and our uh, power providers. So, you know, the technology is changing as they become such, uh, how would you put it, a hard to deal with company we will now have the benefit of really going offline and getting away from having to use their power. So that's going to be a whole new environment when we improve the technology for solar cells, the power for a battery storage to a point we won't need any connectivity with wires for the average home. Sorry, I'm laughing a little bit because you're st- <laughs> you're looking at the <laughs> you're looking at the the sound mixer like it's the audience. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're talking to each other, but you keep looking over here like there's an audience there. <laughs> oh, you know, I, I'm looking at that light flashing, all those buttons. It's kind of like, that looks like the mic. It is. That's exactly what it is. That it's Basically, that light's actually when you're peaking, so I should, be try, I should turn it down just a little bit. Peaking, huh? Or uh, I forgot what... That's I another forgot, term from there, the old days. Uh, yeah, there's another... There's an actual term for it. I don't remember what it is, but... We probably shouldn't be seeing that flashing that often. Okay. As I said, this is episode one, and we're just trying to bring a little information for discussion, and I'm sure that when the host here, Jason, posts this and gets all the feedback, he'll relay that to me, and we'll be able to better target whatever we're talking about to whoever cares. (laughs) But... So one, monopolies tend to cause chaos in the markets. They don't soothe the consumers and eventually the new technology comes and takes away the economic control that a monopoly has over the consumer base. Yes, they get price increases as they deem they need it, but who's gonna really prove that they're not doing the most efficient job of doing whatever it is they're supposed to be? I mean, think about it. We've been getting power to our houses for the last 50 years, 60 years, almost 70 years, as much as I can remember. If those few, Take a few off that 70 number because I didn't really know what was going on when I was real young. But for close to 70 years, we've had reliable power. And now we have to wake up, go ahead and watch the news to see if we're going to have power for today. Oh my God, we have become a third world nation and we're worried about all these other things. Let's build more uh, nuclear powered aircraft carriers to go and cruise around the world and blow shit up. That is not what we should be focusing on. We should be focusing on making sure that we've got power for the country to keep everything going. So those people who need their oxygen machines don't have that stop and possibly kill them. You know, people, you know, this is just crazy. I'm sorry. There's the tirade. I go ahead and get back to my normal story. But if you think about it, we gave our power companies a monopoly, and they didn't spend the money on infrastructure. They go ahead and show very profitable quarters and give everybody their bonuses that are in the management structure. And yet, 
nothing was done to make sure that they provided the safe, reliable service to us. So now we're having power outages. This is what happened in, in Texas, right? Because Texas, I know, is the only state that is not on the national power grid. You know, Texas was a little different. What happened was really an Enron-type situation. They created a true market environment that wasn't a monopoly. Now, here's the other end of the thing when you go to a pure market-driven environment where greed can go ahead and create its own problem. What happened in Texas was is that for the most part in the stable electric market, the prices were lower than what most of the people around the country pay because it was set on supply and demand and it was pretty stable. So the prices really maintained themselves without these spikes. When they had the catastrophe that occurred recently when that storm caused the freeze and took all that power offline, all of a sudden you had a really weird environment where the demand was high because it was cold and needed power and the supply was zero, which means now you have, in essence, an infinite differential between what you have and what they want, which means the price can skyrocket to whatever the regulated limit, which, which I think was like $3,000 or something. Oh, I heard of people getting like $14,000 bills, 20 something thousand dollar bills. It, yeah. it was an anomaly in the pricing system that in itself wasn't bad, it's just they didn't have an edge case to describe what would happen in the circumstances. So I certainly would think that they should be able to reduce, I mean, those prices. I mean, you know, I could see a double, a triple, maybe even as much as a four times your normal bill. If you're paying 150 maybe now you have to pay seven, $800 for this rather weird anomaly. But to have the generators be able to go ahead and say, oh, well, because of the supply demand, we're going to charge people 100 times their normal bill. That's crazy. Yeah. That ha and I don't know what's going on. I don't have an idea if the bills are being reduced, uh, if there is some you know, mechanism to help these people out who got these outrageous bills. But at least... For the most part, the electric rates that they pay in Texas, as far as I understand from talking to people I know, I'm sure you talked to Debbie and some other folks, no. I think they're a lot less than what we're paying here. My recollection. So I think Texas is on the right track. It's just that they had a case where things went haywire that were very unusual. They have never had temperatures that cold that took all their whole electric grid offline. So they had a hundred year problem uh, probably was a 500 year problem all at once and that caused catastrophe mm. the problem we're having in california is that we're having more wildfires and now they're trying to figure out what's starting them oh wow a power may a fire may start from a power line i don't know you know I'm sure there's problems on windy days with power lines, but why didn't we know about this before we burned half the state down? I mean, I would think that with all the safety measures we put in place on a daily basis, you know, you can't cross the street unless the little hand's flashing red. You know, we have to make sure we have this and that. You know, we have such a safety-controlled environment. We can't even walk out of the house without our seatbelt on 
our blinking light telling us not to go and use our phones and this and that. And here it is, the power company, one of the biggest capitalized industries in the world. Oh, I take that back. I wouldn't say they're the biggest. But you have this power company that is a monopoly that should have known that there were some issues that if they were going to provide safe power, they should have spent the money to get there. Did they do it? No. Well, they're doing it now. How much? I don't know. But the problem is we are now reduced to a third world nation. Now, we only had four or five power outages in the last year. Um, just down the street, they've been off for days at a time with probably three times as many power outages because for the safety of our lives, Edison's deciding we can't go ahead and live. Which means in our environment, that's a whole different story. We don't get water because we have our own wells. The power we generate from our large solar grid can't be used because we don't have the ability to go ahead and take the whole property offline with our current configuration. So it's quite devastating when, when they go ahead and turn the power off and then I have to go ahead and we fire up all sorts of generators to keep everything going. And here's another little pet peeve with the monopoly. How do I know how much I'm paying on my bill? I am an expert in billing. I design billing systems. Edison, excuse me, oh, I wasn't going to use their name. So sorry. Our electric company has a billing system that is so cryptic, it took me the better part of an hour to go through and deconstruct what the billing mechanism is. They even went and now broke it out to two separate companies. You get your electric bill, and it's the electric generators that are being billed by the company on their behalf and their distribution. So now you have two rates or two companies with two different rates that now are being set into their bucketized standard rate, energy waster rate, and extreme inefficient energy user. So it goes from anywhere from 20 cents a kilowatt hour to almost 45 cents a kilowatt hour. That is a significant upcharge for a rate structure you can't even figure out because you have your standard rate, your uh, taxes, you have your um, you know other surcharges on these bills. You have no idea what the net rate is for your consumption without having to go and actually go through your bill and kind of recombine the two organizations and the rates that you're used at that time. Did you say bucketize? Did I say bucketize? You did. Is that a word? Bucket. Yeah, buckets. Bucketize. You bucketize things. You put things in buckets. So instead of having... <laughs> it, it, it's a range of numbers that are identified and grouped together into a specific bucket. You know, things between 10 and 14 or 11 and 15. That would all be into one bucket. That's a, It just sounds made up to me, but... It's a computer. It's a more techie oh. you know, buckets. Oh, okay. They just, you know... we. Anyways. Okay. So their billing system is very much geared to confuse the consumer and force them to really pay whatever it says on that piece of paper because I, I have no I bet most people have no idea how, how, how they pay how much they're being charged on an electric bill. They just see the bottom line number, don't know what that is comprised of. You know, and then they have on top of that these 
I don't even understand. Energy credits or climate credits that come back once or twice a year. They give us a few bucks back. But then that money is absorbed into this monthly rate I have to pay. I think it's about base of 10 bucks. It can go up to like 25, 30 bucks a month just for the privilege of generating power with solar power and letting them buy it back. So, I mean, it's a very confusing process. And then trying to get them to communicate with you is very confusing. We just had an outage yesterday. Oh, the power's going to be out. Oh, the power not going to be out. Oh, the power was out, but we turned it back on. Well, we didn't finish what we were supposed to. And another message, well, whatever we did was done. Gosh, you know, their, their website's not working. I've been looking to get our website for the last four or five weeks. I just put a new AC in and I'm trying to figure out how much money it's going to save me in terms of my energy utilization. And they've taken that offline with all my billing information because they're doing something. They've been offline for a month, fundamentally. Un unheard of. No company that is any good should be able to change their website and then not have it online for a month. That is the silliest thing I've ever heard. I'd be fired if... I were to tell my boss would be, your company would be offline for a month. Stupid. So my view on monopolies is they're not good. They, caught, they allow a company to take advantage of their economic position as the only provider and go ahead and uh, not be innovative. Key word, innovation. They're stuck in the past. They don't fix what they need to fix. And they fix, they generate a fixed amount of money for whoever is in the management position. And it just, you know, good for the, the, the people who get the owners of the company, but bad for the consumers. Which the monopoly was built in the first place to change that whole relationship. The whole thing is the company should be held accountable for providing the service. But it's the same thing as that communism. It's great in theory, but it never works due to the human nature. Well, that brings a good point. The economic scale has, if you take a look at it as a line with two extremes, the two extremes are pure capitalism and pure socialism. What that means is that in one case, the individual has 100% control of what he does with no interference. On the other side, every act, economic activity is controlled by a central controller and nothing is done without approval from that central controller. So those are the two extremes. Now, although we like to say we want pure capitalism, you know, you don't want your next door neighbor pouring in all those chemicals into the river that you're using to drink. So you might want to just say, hey, look, dumping chemicals in the water system really isn't a wise thing. So we're going to kind of put that into our little notes here that you can't pollute, you know. So now we don't have pure capitalism. We now have a little bit of a control mechanism that says, you know, you can do whatever you want, but don't pollute. You know, we put a few things in there also that you can't discriminate in hiring and this and this. We've kind of created a very complex set of rules that have really created problems for pure capitalism. The pure the, the shop owner wants to start business is so confused by just the labor laws these days. It's ridiculous. But 
that's a different story. The point being is that on the scale of economic activity, you can't be on either extreme. If you really think about it, it's like everything else. There's a middle ground where some kind of controlled environment to go ahead and protect society from things that are obviously wrong. You know, we have rules. You can't kill people unless it's state sanctioned. Yeah, if the guy's if the guy has some issues and he's from a country you're not happy with, then you can kill him. But I digress on that. Really, unless they really deserve it and you're really good at getting away with things. Yeah, that's a different story. <laughs> but now I lost track of where I was at. This is the problem with this cast. I, I, we're gonna both. We may digress into some crazy. I'm surprised we made it as far as we have without this happening. <laughs> well, you know, I'm I'm pretty good of pretty good at just sitting and, and, and telling a, a, a tale hopefully laced with enough facts to give it credibility but yet still interesting enough to keep people's intentions it's the gist of what i'm trying to put out this this was more like a ted talk <laughs> yeah yeah you can look at it as a ted talk so you know inevitably monopolies get destroyed because the technology supersedes the economic advantage that they had so, boom. We will go ahead, in my opinion, that we will be on solar-powered houses with batteries that will be off the grid and will no longer have to pay for the infrastructure necessary to get them hooked up. That means one less cable. So now you don't need power cables. You don't need telephone cables. You know, theoretically, you don't need any cables. Having no cables is the ultimate economic advantage that you would have because the infrastructure you're paying for to string those cables put the poles up have the people service it all the amplifiers that are on all these things that's an expensive infrastructure it gives you it sticks you with somebody who paid for that to get some monopoly right to control everything and poof there you have it so everything will be wireless Power off the solar, internet from whatever the internet satellite system is. Uh, obviously, we have cell phones, so we don't need to have uh, wired, you know, cables. Will, we the cable still need company, the, the towers, though, right? What? Still need all the towers for the cell phone. Well, that's a, that's a broadcasting station. So that's wi wired to the tower, yeah. wireless to the consumer. So, you know, I mean, we're still not going to get rid of a lot of our infrastructure. I mean, companies that still need wires for, you know, heavy electrical use that would be beyond the ability to generate power from solar. I mean, solar only, you can only generate so much power. But if you take a look at an average household and the surface that you would have to go ahead and generate power, you can probably come close to a match if they're energy efficient. They have current AC, um, you know, um, current AC that has, you know, whatever it is, they, they Sears, I think, is the, the term they're looking for, for the, the power efficiency. You know, they're not power wasters, so they have, you know, efficient lighting. You know, take a look at their footprint and see what they're doing, and if they're normal houses, you can probably get away with, with just solar panels and some battery backup for cloudy days. I don't know. I mean, you know, it's. I think it's the way of the future. 
I think the way of the future is to be off-grid like we are trying to do here at Hacienda Hope. Yeah. We're trying to stay off the grid so we can be an independent living environment that isn't beholden to the monopolistic organizations that try and suck you in. We have now off the gas cut. There's no gas. I don't have to worry about propane. We have wireless cell from our provider. Uh, ah, they do a reasonable job. They're always expensive. The cell people do kind of cause a little bit of havoc because there isn't really as much of a monopoly there. So there is some pricing competition between all the providers. So you do see a little more competition with your cell phones. You know, I haven't been paying attention because I just you know, pay my bill randomly all the time and don't pay attention to it. But there seems to be a little more competition in that. Cable companies, they're up there with the monopolies, but they're going to be going away pretty quick because now you don't need the phone service with them. You don't need the TV service with them. The only thing that still provides any value is the internet service because they are the fastest providers. Assuming you can get them to give you a reasonable price with reasonable service levels. That may be expecting a lot, but they're the only name and only uh they're they're the monopoly in our town, our cable company. But as I said once who, who's doing the, um, is it Elon who's doing the, the satellite internet? I think it's Elon. I think Bezos probably he has. Sounds, he sounds like he, that would be something he would be doing. So actually, interestingly enough, he has launched enough of a Starlink system to be able to go ahead and get the northern latitudes. I don't know. I think it's like northern U.S., Canada. He's going for the people who don't get internet service. And I believe the actual, it's $4.99 for the actual satellite receiver box, which I think is costing him $3,000 right now, but it's going to take him enough, it's going to take a lot of volume to get that price down to the $500. But once he gets that going, everybody will have internet service with just a little satellite box that can go with them wherever they go. No wires, high speed, one gig up, down. Now, I don't know what it, the, the service level is. <laughs> But again, another monopoly will be broken. And we again go wireless in this. And once we get wireless electricity, we can get everybody to start removing their need for carbon-based fuels. I mean, I'm just looking at that as a, as, as a way to go ahead and not burn fuel. I mean, if you think about it, burning to create an explosion to drive a physical device to go up and down to then turn wheels and all this mechanical transfer of energy is very inefficient. A motor, a motor generator is so much more efficient so it just makes sense to go ahead and start going all electric where we can. But it will take some time. It will not happen overnight and I don't know what is the best level of incentives to get us to moving to a non-carbon-based environment. But, you know, that's the future. Hopefully we won't use monopolies when we get to that point. Stay away from monopolies. Make sure you have the freedom to make a choice. So 
there I go. End of what I have to say. Unless our host here has some questions that still wants to bring out that last little tidbit of information I may not have spewed out in my previous. The extent of my knowledge with monopolies goes to park place and boardwalk. That's about what I know. So when it comes to questioning. Okay. <laughs> well, I think we'll go ahead and just leave this as episode one. Did we actually have a timer on this little puppy? We do. 32 minutes and 40 seconds. Okay, we had expected this conversation to go 30 minutes. There's a little bit of editing here and there. It'll probably be down there. Okay, yeah. You can edit out a few of those little spaces because it was a little slow in the draw. Okay. You did did amazing. We have Mr. here. I'll edit that out because I forgot you don't want me to say that. Okay. (laughs) Uh, if I could just put it, I'll put a beep in there. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Bye.